Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 117, recorded on the 30th of April 2020, a.k.a. the last of April. A.k.a. Valpurkisnacht. I.e. where all the kids run out and try to burn everything in sight. On that note, have you heard about, and this is totally unrelated to tech, but it's, it's great fun anyways. Have you heard about what the city of Lund is doing to their students? Yep, I heard. Okay, so you're about to combine manure and fun. I want to hear you take this <laughs> to completion. You no, know, like for, for to get some background, Lund is one of the biggest universities in in Sweden and the oldest. No, Uppsala is older. Can't remember. Anyways, a very old and very large Swedish university. So there are therefore a lot of students in Lund. Each uh, Valpurgis night, they gathered in gather in a park. Uh, they use, usually are around 30,000 people and have a party. In the uh, in corona times or COVID times, that's not really appropriate. So therefore, the municipality of Lund have taken actions to prevent this. So they have closed down the park for maintenance today. The maintenance includes that they are like cutting the lawns, doing everything like that, and also spreading one ton of chicken poo over the lawns, which apparently smells just like it sounds. And they therefore believe that the students will not be partying in the park, which is probably true, but they will be partying all across the city probably. Yeah, and I can also add to this that your town, Linköping, is actually doing the same thing. Ah, interesting. I didn't know that. I haven't yeah. felt oh, the smell shit. yet. Yep, I read about it today. I think they took the decision after Lund yesterday. Oh, so they are they are now <laughs> maintaining Trädgårdsföreningen. Yep, that's the one. So Alexander will be doing the rest of this episode with a, a wooden peg across his nose. Because you, <laughs> I really don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> That's what you get because you live in the city. Right, you get the smell we that live in the country gets every day. So congratulations! Thank you very much. Going from exactly time time to start this episode. Yes, going from poo to a press release. <laughs> Many times these can be pretty much the same thing, but in <laughs> this case they are not. Because Microsoft released the um, FY20 Q3 earnings today. And uh, let's just say that uh, Microsoft is uh, going pretty well. So the revenue was increased 15%. The operational income was increased 25%. The net income was increased 22%. And the diluted earnings per share was increased 23%. So, Wow. And as, um, let's see who said that, Satya said that we've seen two years worth of digital transformation in two months. Yeah. And it would be interesting if you somehow could see how much of this actually comes from the services that they've seen a huge increase from during uh, COVID. Like, since since they won't earn that much more from Teams, 
since that's free or already included in many since that's free or already included in many subscriptions how much of this had been driven by Azure consumption? That would be interesting, but I I don't think they release those numbers, do no, they? Uh, no, it's uh, it's aggregated into um, productive cloud or something like that. Um, As so opposed you, you, to the destructive cloud? Yes. Uh, but just to add some numbers to that, and, and of course, when you talk about percentage, it doesn't really show how much money it is. But let's just say it's, it's it's more money than we earn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would expect so, yes. <laughs> Didn't you know? I'm a multi-trillionaire just hiding. You're doing an excellent job at hiding, <laughs> dude. Thank you. Yeah, I, I would expect that it should be probably mostly Azure consumption yeah. um, related. But I wouldn't actually be all too surprised if it was actually like Xbox related stuff as well. Yeah. Since people are at home at a much uh, longer extent uh, now. So people probably like to play some games now and then more often than usual yeah, or uh, before oh, COVID. Yeah, uh, and I actually have a few numbers here. Uh, they're breaking it down. So Azure, and that's year over year probably, is up 59%. Ooh. and that's a lot uh, Surface up 1% LinkedIn up 21% so that's uh, quite interesting uh, and adding um, to that number we can of course add some technical information so Microsoft had a target for Teams this year of reaching 20 million daily active users. In November, they had 19 million active users. How many million active users do you think they have today? I actually read about this, and if I remember correctly, it's over 70 million or something like that. 75 million daily active users. So yeah. someone got a bonus. Wait, let, 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 me, let me backtrack. They had 19, as in one nine million in November, correct? Yes, and now we're over 70, as in 7 Seven, five. Whoa. It's a slight increase. And I, I would like, because I've seen people saying that, yeah, but look at Zoom, they have like 400 million daily active users. Yes, but that started off as a consumer service. They are targeting consumers and yes, businesses, Yes, and people that course. hate security. Yeah, we, we won't talk about that. That's for anyone to decide, but people are doing wrong choices all the time. Uh, Teams is a proper enterprise-grade solution. Yeah, and the funny thing is, we actually talked about this uh, a few episodes ago. <laughs> Think about the challenge of being, you know, the, the guy that designs the infrastructure for Teams. So yep. in November, you were looking at your numbers. Okay, we have 19 million now. We're targeting 20. Okay, I will need X or Y amount of hardware to deal with that kind of traffic. And that, you know, cutting it down in finer detail. Okay, this and that many are using video, maybe. These are using audio. These are using other features. Tr from November to <laughs> April, and get that kind of increase. Yep. How do you deal with that? We did a load test in January. It wasn't enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And adding to that, then we have a lot of WVD news as well in this episode, which we won't have time to dig through all of them. But uh, this was from Scott Manchester's keynote at the um, 
Microsoft Meets community event this Tuesday where I was one of the speakers. Uh, they are now, so they had a goal for 2020 in terms of usage of WBD. As of Tuesday, they have a, currently a six times higher number than the goal for the entire year. That, does that mean that they think that they achieved the goal? Yeah, I, I would I would say so. They hmm. uh, underestimated the goal just slightly. Uh, so it's Microsoft is still going very very strong, and I, I think that that's good. They are really investing in technology. They are showing that they are investing in both technology and in other good things that helps not just their customers but also the planet itself. So I'm I'm happy, and uh, I still regret not having stocks. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, my my Bitcoin are slowly <laughs> rising again, but yeah, no. I think, yeah, we'll leave I'm, it at I'm, that. Yeah, I have still managed to actually stay out of the crypto mining thing altogether, so I have never had any. No, it, it's more that it seems like my money is encrypted every time they reach my bank account. Well, you can't fix stupid. No. So you said that you were speaking, and, and I'm, I want to touch back on that one because that was an interesting uh, conference. You see that I I just did one session today and I did a session yesterday for a completely new conference called the Data Platform Discovery Day. So yesterday it was on US time and today it was on European time. But I did one session, um, the Azure Machine Learning for the Absolute Beginner yesterday, and building an empire, implementing Power BI step-by-step in Europe today. So that was good fun. And it still feels like you're talking to yourself, but it it does actually work pretty well. That was over GoToMeeting. I am not that impressed with GoToMeeting, to be fair. What was your experiences doing your uh, conference? Because that was Microsoft-backed, right? Yes and no. So... Uh, the, the setup for the uh, Microsoft Meet community event, which focused on WBD, were that all speakers were in a Teams meeting presenting. Uh, but it was then published and streamed through the On24 platform. And On24 is basically the creme de la creme of streaming podcasting platforms uh, and the price tag since I've been looking into webinar platforms is equally high but like from a what we discovered was that the um, decoding could have been better the quality wasn't that good when it reached audience but it could also be that we were presenting through teams which was an input to on24 and then streamed out. But all in all, it, it like we were over a thousand attendees during the entire event, and it held up just fine. And the all the entire Q and A platform is really nice. Uh, it's very very, it's a very powerful tool, which you basically need a producer to operate. But all in all, it it worked out very very well. Uh, so big thank you to Microsoft and the the team for hosting it. 
Okay, but I'm not sure you can actually blame the software in that case for bad encoding, since you are doing double encoding in that case. Yeah, yeah, de definitely. And uh, that's just the... We could see the teams put out a rather good signal, and that that signal weren't as good when it reached the audience. But it was a very, very easy and convenient way to do it. Uh, so all in all, worked great. Uh, with some uh, fiddling with the settings, uh, we were able to get it to, to a decent level at least. And we had great fun. And it was amazing to see that that many people were able to join and stay for that amount of time. That is pretty impressive. I mean, I had 160 attendees to for, for my two sessions. And yep. that's pretty high as well, I'd say. Yeah. Cool. And uh, before anybody decides to jump in and, and scream WVD... <laughs> Weapons of Mass Destruction, MBAS, Microsoft Business and Application Summit. MBAS is going to kick off on May the 6th as a virtual event, a free virtual event. That's kind of cool. I'm, I'm very curious to see what they bring to the table. I know for a fact that the Power BI desktop April update is actually going to be released on May the 6th at MBAS. Oh. Even though there are some bits and pieces trickling out to the service, but the, the desktop um, April update is going to be released on the 6th. So I'll definitely be uh, attending the MBAS event. I'm, I'm, again, extremely curious to see what they, they have in store. And that's interesting because I, I haven't realized until now that build is also free this year yeah can we expect ignite to be as well yeah that that was my question and is that a good thing or a bad thing how will it impact and what should or we, we can start with this is it reasonable for it to be uh digital if and there are two options here is it reasonable to have it as a free event if it's been transformed into a digital experience? And is it reasonable to have it as a free event if it was announced like a digital or virtual event? I'm of the opinion that it is not a good thing to have it as a free event at all because it sets a precedent. And putting these things together is expensive and takes a lot of work yeah even for a virtual event but still yeah but i'm saying it's it's expensive even for a virtual event oh yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and if you're not able to recuperate any of this money from whatever uh, sales of tickets and that kind of stuff i'm afraid that the the number of events and the quality of the events will be declining yeah i can also see that happening um since we sort of know a little bit behind the scenes on the cost of arranging Microsoft Ignite. Uh, if they actually need to spend that money without getting any back, that would definitely be a problem moving forward, making it like a regular conference again. Since then, then people, like you say, they would be expecting it to be way cheaper or even free, uh, even if it's a physical event then, later on. Yeah. So I, I think there's multiple angles of that because i i do think that we i think it's with like with everything that's free are you allowed to have expectations on things that are free 
doesn't really matter if you're allowed, you're going to have it. Exactly. And and I would still expect, like, build, ignite. I, I definitely understand for MVP Summit that things were put into a virtual stage at a very high pace. So there you... I had very low expectations. For for myself and for many in my MVP group, we were pleased with the experience we, we had during MVP Summit. Uh, but I would expect Microsoft to have a higher quality of build, embass, ignite, especially ignite, if they decide or when when it's delivered virtually. And uh, therefore, I wouldn't expect people to be delivering things from home if there isn't legal reasons or health reasons to do so. And if they are delivering it from home, I would expect them to have a good setup with everything in order. And that will cost money. That investment will cost money. And it will cost money that they probably... Like, when everything comes back to some sort of normal, how much of that technology will they be able to reuse? So if they're investing in cameras, green screens, sound equipment, all of that, for thousands of people, how many of them will actually use it later on? That is one side of the coin. The other side is, now you have it, we should use it, and we should use it instead of doing physical conferences and that is the pandora's box that i am absolutely terrified for this is a tool as i keep yapping about it's a tool to do things online it is a great tool but it's not the only tool and i'm afraid that people are going to look at it and go oh this works just fine it's good enough let's keep going online and that is i do not want to bear the thought And now I'm going to start a segue, which will end somewhere else. Probably badly. Yes. I think that that's also how we have done it when we we have been making this podcast. We have had to change for various reasons, but we have, or the other, we haven't done it that way because we have never been pleased with a lower quality than what we had when we were recording in the same room, as an example. We have done our utmost to make the quality as good as we possibly can. And we are still improving it, of course. But I think that's very important as well, that at some point we must realize that things must improve. We we need to have a better culture in virtual meetings. We must have better picture, better audio, better rooms to be in. Uh, and also we need to take care of ourselves. Because that's also something that we can talk about in another episode. Like, how do we ensure that the working from home experience doesn't negatively impact our physical and mental health? As an example, like, I don't know how how you two do it, but I've had so many people saying that, yeah, I'm, my back is starting to hurt, my neck is starting to hurt, everything like that. Because people don't realize that they need to take... Uh, ergonomics into the equation i i for one always change my posture so i i have a a chair which i'm in currently i have a pilates ball that i use often i would say i i stand up and work in most of my meetings and that's also a good thing that we can talk about standing up in meetings and i actually have a balance plate as well 
So I try to move around and be active while working. To just add to that, the one thing that most people forget about, when we work from home, we have a tendency to do a lot more work. We get stuck behind the desk for hours on end because, I mean, we're, we're working, right? When was the last time you went to an office and actually did work for several hours? It doesn't work that way. You walk around, you talk to people, you have a cup of coffee, you go for lunch. All these things are part of taking care of yourself. And we are hideously bad at taking pauses when we work from home because there's nobody else there. Yeah, you do get a lot more disconnects when you're at the office. Uh, just like you said, you, you go to, to take lunch together and you have a coffee together. You go around and talk to people and things like that. So you don't get those disconnects uh, at all, pretty much, when you're working alone from home. Yep. So, Simon. Yeah, I, I started a segue. <laughs> yes. Keep going with the segue because we really need to go to, to the end. Yeah, we have received a letter from my buddy Brad. <laughs> oh, your buddy Brad. Yes, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> was that sent to you personally or, or was it yeah, for the rest of the world? As, as, as I see it, it were. <laughs> it's just that he has an obligation to share it with the world. But hmm. I, I feel that between the lines, it was obvious that it was meant to me. Uh, so Microsoft just released a blog post. New tools help IT empower employees securely uh, in a empower employees in working securely in a remote world. And it includes a number of huge releases which are here today and which will be rolling out over the coming months. So let's start with WVD. Uh, We are now getting a graphical interface to manage it in the Azure portal, finally. And VVD is Windows Virtual Desktop, for those who don't know. Thank you. Very good, Tony. So Windows Virtual Desktop, we are getting a portal which will be built on top of... uh, the regular Azure infrastructure. So we will get new ways of managing WVD and we won't need to use PowerShell or community tools or any third-party tool to do that, which is really nice and it has some great neat features. So that's rolling out now. Uh, They are also scaling up the way you can manage your service data. So up until now, you have only been able to store the actual service in the US. Now you can choose between the US and Europe. And more regions will be coming. And can you move? Yes. If you already have it in US. Yes. As far as I know, you will be able to move. Uh, and that that's for compliance reasons. I haven't personally seen such a negative performance impact, to be honest, of having it in the US. Uh, but you will be able to move and you will be able to store all your data for your WVD deployment in the uh, region you like or are required to do for compliance reasons. And within a month... They will be rolling out Teams audio-video redirection in public preview. So basically the ability to run audio and video conference meetings in your virtual desktop and redirect that video stream without having it pass through the data center. Citrix is already doing this today on that platform, but WVD will now natively support that within a month in public preview. It's a very, very cool piece of technology. Uh, and that will ensure that you don't get the lag which you would otherwise get from having sent video to a data center to your the person you were speaking to and sending it back. Yeah, but that's pretty much, you know, that's been the issue with all pretty much terminal solutions since a decade back pretty much. 
yep. uh, going from RDS to Citrix or whatever. They have all always needed, you know, uh, the updated plugin, so to speak. So, yep. you know, the Skype plugin, the OCS plugin before that. And now, uh, obviously, Teams. Yeah. So, so just just so you can get the audio video redirection working. So that's that's been like an additional component on pretty much all terminal solutions going a decade back already. Yep. But that's really cool, and that will really increase the use cases of it uh, and the reach. We have also gotten new things for Azure AD free, which is nice. So you can now get unlimited apps uh, for single sign-on, even with Azure AD free which was previously uh, a basic and uh, premium functionality. So single sign-on if you have an Azure AD account added to your uh, device. Speaking of Microsoft Endpoint Manager, this was also in the blog post, they are working on a unified app delivery model so that currently you have My Apps, so which is the Azure AD portal to publish uh, software as a service apps. You have the company portal from Intune, which is your uh, self-service portal to apps delivered from from Intune. And you um, uh, also have Software Center for Configuration Manager. And they are now working on combining these portals so that you should be getting the, as they say, the richness of Software Center for Configuration Manager. Um the SAUCE apps from Azure Active Directory and My Apps to your company portal app delivered from Intune. So all of your settings in one place. That's something they're currently working on. Uh, and they, just for to ensure us, they are still developing both Software Center, My Apps, and Company Portal individually as well. But you will be able to get all your apps from one place, regardless of how they are delivered, which is really nice. Yeah, but is there like a new preview out or something with this new portal? Because I remember us talking about this already for many episodes ago, that they had plans on doing this. Uh, yeah, they had plans to rework my apps at that point. Okay. Uh, but the especially the software center and company portal integrations is something that's new, which is uh, amazing. <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that that was the end. Brad's favorite feature they also now have productivity score in preview do you remember productivity score from Ignite and what it is nope not really so we have secure score which is obviously a way of measure how well you are secured productivity score is a way for you to get insights on how productive your colleagues and employees are so Ooh, managers per- rejoice <laughs> yeah but but this is from like you have had um my analytics my analytics exactly that's been focused on how you and perhaps your team have been collaborating especially this is now more of a tenant wide uh, overview and it will give you insights from a higher level so as an example you can get insights on things like how much do people work from their mobiles? Which apps do they use to access Exchange Online? How do they collaborate? How many of your users are actually actively using um, co-authoring, as an example? So you have content collaboration, so how, how people are reading, authoring, collaborating, and sharing content. 
mobility, how they are working from different uh, devices and in different apps, communication, how people are using email, chat, and Jammer. Those are really nice and very, very much the essence no, of productivity. No, Simon, Yammer is not nice. No, no, we are in absolutely agreement on that. But, and these are the ones that I find most interesting from an IT admin point of view, network connectivity score. So, you know, when um, people are yelling and saying that it's all the network's fault, now you can actually get proof of that. Because you will be able to see which endpoints had a problem connecting to online features at a certain point in time. And you're then able to draw conclusions from that, saying that, yeah, I can't reach my email. It's it's the Exchange admin's fault again. No, your ISV uh, or your ISP um, had an outage. No one were able to do anything. And also endpoint analytics, which is more about how fast do your device boot, as an example. When can you get productive? So it's a bunch of different cool things combined into the productivity score. Yeah, I'm missing one thing in there that I'd like to see, actually. That would be licensing analytics. So consider this. You are uh, subscribing to, say, uh, Microsoft 365 or something like that. You have those licenses. You are using just, let's say, five products. Yeah. So then this analytics would actually show you that, oh, by the way, do you know that you could actually use this feature as well because it's included in your license? We have not seen you utilize this functionality, which is which you are already paying for. Yeah. So that might be actually a good thing because there are times that I'm actually not sure if it is included in the license I have. Yeah. So, yeah, something to consider maybe moving forwards. Yeah, absolutely. We are running out of time. No, let me rephrase that. We have run out of time. And I think it is actually time to end this episode. It's a lot of news. It's a lot of fun news. We haven't even gone through half of our notes yet. I know. And I'm sure that we can pick up uh, a few of these next week as well. Definitely. Or do like a bonus episode. Yeah, we, we could do that as well. That would be an option. Yeah, it's not like we're doing anything else back home anyways. No, 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 no. You, you're you're most, mostly feeding your goldfish. My goldfish. And on that goldfish, it's time to end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a week or so. Until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Damn it, Simon.